0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of murphy's league today's episode is really special because we got cole eckler back on the podcast as always there will be timestamps located down below so if you just want to skip to your favorite segment go ahead and do that but today's episode we're going to be covering a variety of topics all including the nfl we're going to be talking about some bridge quarterbacks if they should be given one more year if they should be You know moved on from we're also going to be talking about some head coaches and whether they should be fired also talking about some coaching vacancies and possible replacements for those guys so uh, just to name a few names brandon staley bill belichick are a couple names that we talk about in that segment and then we're going to be getting into super bowl talks so we're going to make our super bowl picks we're also going to be talking about what else do we got in this episode we got Oh, that's right. We're going to talk about some wild card teams and what they could potentially do in the playoffs if they can make some noise, which ones are the most dangerous there. And finally, we're going to close up this episode with some trivia. Uh, I only have one question today for Cole, but it turns into a fun segment. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And yeah, that's going to be it for me, guys. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Be sure to follow me wherever you listen to this podcast. Be sure to go follow me over on Instagram at Murphy's League. I appreciate y'all and let's get into it. All right, so for the first segment, like I said, we're gonna be talking about some bridge quarterbacks. I'm gonna give you a few names, and I'm gonna just ask, you know, what you think they should do with them, uh, if they get re-signed, if they move on, give them one more year extension. whatever you think? Uh, if you hear a cat meowing, sorry, that's you know, I can't. Do there much there is it. a cat. <laughs> he's just he's a loud guy. Um, <clears throat> first off, we got Baker Mayfield um he's been playing really well he had honestly like probably the best game of his season against green bay in a must-have-it game in green bay um they're currently fighting for i think they're actually they are first in the nfc south um so they're tied with the saints i believe at seven and seven a lot of seven and seven teams uh atlanta fell one game behind losing to carolina but baker mayfield uh, playing some of his best ball when he needs it most if you're Tampa Bay, what would you do with Baker Mayfield?
1: What's his current contract situation? Is he on a one-year?
0: He's on a one-year. He's a free agent next year.
1: Yeah, I would probably try to re-sign Baker to maybe like a two-year contract. I think if you can get him for the right price, he's still shown that you can be an above-average quarterback. Maybe you draft a quarterback uh, in like the early to mid-round and like see if you can get something out of them, develop them a little bit, or maybe see what you have in Trask. But I think expect- with quarterbacks being such a luxury in the league today, and with them still finding some success in his first year in the system, first year with those uh, receivers, I, I think you'll keep rolling with him. And especially if they make the playoffs this year, that'll be very telling yeah, to see what he can do definitely. with that team. And like you said, they're currently leading the division still. So I think you stick with Baker. Um, with what the record is, you're not going to get, or you're likely not going to get one of those elite quarterback prospects in this draft. So I don't think you reach for any other quarterback. Or maybe try to sign someone in the draft or in the uh, free agency. Mm. If you still have an above average quarterback on your team, I'd give them at least another year or two. I would you can do. Yeah, I
0: agree with that. I would also at least try to reach a somewhat team friendly contract. Um, again, I think where you're picking, especially if they make the playoffs, I almost don't even really think it's a question at that point. I think you almost have to give them one more year unless they're ultra aggressive in the draft and like trade up, go for someone like Caleb or like Drake May. But where they'd be picking in theory, if they do make the playoffs, I just don't really see like that elite talent being there. I think Jada McDaniel's, Drake May, and Caleb Williams more than likely all go in the top ten. I think like the only prospects that might be available at that point are like a Penix, a Bo Nix, and a, or like a JJ McCarthy. But honestly, me personally, I'm not too high on any one of those guys. I haven't really gotten into the whole draft like scouting process. Um, I don't really do that until the NFL season ends. But either way, I mean. I think these next few weeks are going to be really really telling there's a lot of big games coming up for him i think they play the saints week 18 if i'm not mistaken and i know the saints have a game against the rams coming up so that's going to have huge implications as far as wild card spots but i agree with you i think baker at least deserves one more year um more than likely he's not going to sign another one-year contract but whether it's a franchise tag or whether it's a team-friendly two-year deal i think he's going to be coming back One of the problems with that, though, is that the NFC South is just not good. And I think, like, you're just to have a fairly low ceiling with someone like a Baker Mayfield, but Chris Godwin's still doing it at a high level. Mike Evans is obviously still killing it. Rashad White's really emerged as a really good dual threat running back. So I think you give him the car car keys, just at least one more year. I agree. Yeah. So up next, um, we got my guy, Justin Fields. Um, more than likely, the Bears are going to finish with the number one overall pick. Obviously, Caleb Williams is the projected number one overall pick, but there has been some rumors of Drake May possibly you know, being in that
1: conversation as well. Um, I think you know my opinion about this. I'll let you take it first, though. I'm not sure if I do know your opinion because I know you've started the season. You were a little uh, out on fields after the first couple of games. Bit. But, I mean, I th- actually think I might know your feel or what you feel right now about fields. Um, I think you stick with them at this point. I'm not necessarily sold on Caleb as, like, the true number one overall. I think – I know you want to trade back, um, accumulate some more picks because there's obviously so many holes to address on that team. I think Fields, coming back from injury, has shown a lot of potential still as a quarterback, especially with, like, the first year having – like, I'm not – I would say DJ Moore at this point can be a wide receiver one. Yeah, I agree. He's shown the production that you can still put him in that conversation. But the impact that one receiver has had has been super noticeable. I think if you get him some more talent at receiver, continue to bolster that O-line, then obviously add pieces on defense so that they don't have that uh, as such a liability, then I think Fields still has a lot of potential. And when you put so much draft capital into drafting him in the first place and he's in a new system, new coaches, just got some new talent uh, on the offense, I think you stick with him. And I I don't, I think if you can trade back, get more picks, and actually address multiple uh, areas of need, I think that makes more sense than getting a new young quarterback in there. Yeah, I
0: agree. I just think I'm a proponent of the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And I mean, there's, we see draft busts all the time. I really like Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams might be really good somewhere else. But I just think it's hard to pass up on the opportunity of trading the number one overall pick and getting, you know, Caleb is a great prospect, don't get me wrong, and I think a team will give up a lot of picks to get him. Obviously, we just saw a year ago, we had the first overall pick, and honestly, I don't think Bryce Young is as good of a prospect as Caleb, so considering what we got for Bryce Young in that moment, and it was a first, a second, and then DJ Moore, I think we can possibly get even more for someone like Caleb Williams, and again, you hit the nail on the head when you said, there's a lot of holes in this roster. It's not perfect. I like a lot of our pieces offensively. I don't like our coaching staff. I think getsy needs to go. I think Iberflues needs to go. And I get that they do some good things, especially against the run. Statistically, we're one of the best run defenses in the entire league, but I just don't think it's enough to keep those guys around. I still think you got to get rid of them. And as much as it sucks that you might have one more year of adjustments and it's a whole new playbook coming in for Justin Fields. We've seen young quarterbacks been able to make that jump. I just really think it depends on the coaching staff. I mean, as an example, like CJ Stroud coming in as a rookie and just immediately looking like a top 10 quarterback in this league. I'm not saying Justin Fields can do that, but I am saying that an improved coaching staff can definitely make a difference. And I just think, I don't know, maybe I'm being biased and maybe I just want to believe in Justin Fields and I really like him as a player and as a person. But I just think for the value of the number one overall pick, and especially more than likely just that pick being Caleb Williams, I think we can get a whole lot back for it. And even if Fields doesn't work out, there's always the next draft class. There's always more quarterbacks being talked about. And once you have all that capital for trading the number one overall pick, you can use that capital to trade back up and get someone to replace Justin Fields. So I think one more year at least. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Up next, we got Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew has taken over for Anthony Richardson. Obviously, Anthony went down week five, I think it was, with his shoulder injury. Um, I think Indianapolis would really like to keep him around. He is a free agent, so I really think it's going to come down to a bidding war. Um, again, I don't know exactly like what kind of team would go for him, uh, whether it's a team like Atlanta or like the Raiders or one of these quarterback-needy teams, but I think some team is going to take a shot on Gardner Minshew.
1: Yeah, it's a weird situation. It's almost like Baker last year, yeah. where he comes in, gets an opportunity on the Rams, um, shows that he can still be a more than serviceable quarterback, and then some team that needs a quarterback, maybe a bridge quarterback, a team that might not be in the position to draft a quarterback higher or doesn't want one in this draft in the uh, in the first round, for example. Then I could think I could see them being very interested in Minshew. he's shown that he can i mean his whole career basically when he's on the jags and then just being a backup basically from then on he's shown that he's easily an above average backup yeah he's a highly i think he's like the best backup in the league 100 percent. If, if you have him as a backup that's such a luxury and then as a quarterback as a starting quarterback we've seen what he's been able to do on the colts with uh, some weapons that have been injured mm-hmm. with some line issues obviously jonathan taylor hasn't been healthy right. or available for the whole season um, and he still managed to play really good football. So I think clearly the Colts would be happy to have him back, uh, have him with Richardson. If Richardson gets hurt again or struggles, whatever it might be, then you still have a very high, very talented option in Minshew. But I think, like you said, I think it will come down to a bidding war. Some yeah. team, like the bucks last year, I, I could see the Falcons doing it or the Raiders, like you said. There could easily be a team that would want to pay and that maybe. 15 to 20 maybe somewhere in that range or just above 10 million a year to yeah. have a guy that they know what they're getting from him, and they know he's going to be consistent at least in what you're looking for so uh, yeah I'm not, I'm not sure what's gonna happen to him but i think he will get the chance to be a starter as long as he uh as long as i, I think there's gonna be teams interested it's yeah, just so, so. when you show the potential that he has this season there's at least he'll at least be a high-end backup with the opportunity to become a starter. I think it's super similar to the Mayfield situation. I think one problem, though,
0: is I don't think he would be – I really like Shane Steichen. I really like what the Colts have done. I think they've done, like, just – honestly, just an awesome job. You you, you hit the nail on the head when you said there's been a lot of injuries. You know, it hasn't been a perfect season by any means, but they're finding ways to win. They're still in the wild-card spot right now if the playoffs started tomorrow. So – I think the Colts really value Gardner Minshew and I th- I worry that this is the best case scenario for him and if he goes to a team where it's l- even less perfect around him and the coaching staff isn't as good I worry that a team might overpay for him and then next thing you know he's like supposed to be their starter their bridge guy whatever and he ends up kind of crumbling back down to earth and I don't think that's necessarily a knock on him I just think that's a credit to the Colts and what they've been able to do with him.
1: It could easily be a situation like Teddy Bridgewater in free agency a few years ago where he comes back, shows that he still has potential to be a starter, goes and gets a contract and then has the reins again. Like truly has the reins to an offense and then kind of shows, like you said, that he's not 100% of like what a team thought of him prior. But it could also be a Baker Mayfield situation where he comes in and still shows that he can be a good starter. Maybe not an elite, Starter obviously one with limitations, but you can still you can still be a quarterback on a winning football team, and there's a high value for that in the league today. So absolutely, okay.
0: I got two more. I think this one's um, honestly actually these next two are pretty difficult to unpack for me. But the first one is Kenny Pickett. Um, Kenny Pickett has had <laughs> a really rough go his first year and some change in the NFL. His numbers are not good at all. Doesn't have a lot of passing yards to, to you know show for has dealt with some injuries um you know the offense as a whole hasn't been very good under matt canada matt canada leaves the first game he's gone they go for 400 yards everything looks good and swell and then they've really come back down to earth before he suffered another injury so it's just been a up and down career so far for kenny pickett i really don't know what to make of it in a lot of ways i think more than likely just knowing the steelers and how they operate, I think they give him one more year, and I think they trust that defense in that run game. They get a new offensive mind in there, and I think they just roll the dice and see what you got with him. Because at the end of the day, you still spent a first round pick on him. Um, you still are you know fighting for a playoff spot, just you know despite his injuries and despite some of the chaos that's been going on in their offense. But I think this is probably the hardest decision um, out of any one of these guys I've mentioned so far.
1: I would agree. I think – does he have one more year on his rookie contract? He's got two more. Time. Two more years. And yeah. then he can pick up his fifth-year option. I think he at least gets one more year then. I think but, so too. Like you said, you, put, you invest all that draft capital into him. There's been so many moving pieces around him, especially with Canada being the OC. Uh, our friend Chase, being a Steelers fan, has expressed his his uh, anger with Matt Canada <laughs> over the years. And, I mean, clearly the offense is just not figured it out. Right. I think they had to fire him. But yeah. there's been so many issues with the O-line, with the run game, with receivers staying healthy or showing res- consistency. Or showing effort. Yeah, or showing effort. Yeah, it's um, been a problem. So there's just been so many. Obviously, I think Kenny is a weird situation, much like Mac Jones, who was draft- both were drafted as quarterbacks that were supposed to be the most pro-ready quarterbacks in the right. class with clear limitations. Like you knew athletically they didn't have right. too much to offer. But they're at least supposed to be – consistent quarterbacks serviceable quarterbacks that can maybe uh be smart players not turn the ball over game managers game managers high-end game manager maybe um and they've not been able to do that and pig has not been able to do that but i can't necessarily say that's 100 percent his fault like we were saying earlier there's been so many issues with the coaching with the (laughs) just personnel on offense in the first place so i think they give him at least one more year on that cheap or cheaper rookie deal because the alternative is what you sign Maybe a guy like Gardner, yeah, or maybe. a higher, potentially higher end, backup slash fringe starter, serviceable starter, no one elite, and then you're kind of back in the same situation yeah, where exactly you don't you can't really just continue with the mediocre quarterback play. I think you give Kenny another year, hopefully with a much better OC, with more consistent personnel on offense, and see if he can still be what you drafted him to be, which is that high end game manager. And if you can't do it after another year, then that's when you really start considering, all right, who are the high-end free agent quarterbacks? Who are the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft? Where are we at record-wise? What, what can you do? And yeah, I think you just got from there. But I think he gets
0: one more year. Yeah, I also think a problem um, from the Steelers' point of view, if you do want to replace him, it's just how would you go about it? It's kind of the similar situation with Tampa where they're going to be in that kind of like no-man's land of the draft where you're not going to land one of these top prospects. And you're also you're right back to where you started, where it's going to be a very similar contract. to Kenny pick it, anyways? I think you just roll the dice with him. Um, but next up, Tommy DeVito versus Daniel Jones. I think this one's really complicated as well because more than likely you have one more you have <clears throat> one more year of Daniel Jones unless they you know find a trade partner for him and sell him low purely because of the cap hit. I've got the numbers right here. Um, if you do cut him. It's a $69 million dead uh, cap hit. But if you cut them by 2025, that's the best potential out. It's uh, only $22 million, which don't get me wrong, is still a lot of money, but we've seen teams do stuff like that. Uh, Like Matt Ryan a couple years ago in the Falcons, that dead cap hit was insane. Um, So again, I think a lot of it comes down to money here simply because they're paying Daniel Jones so much. DeVito isn't getting paid. I mean, relatively speaking, he's not getting paid anything. Um, obviously it's still a lot of money, but when you're an undrafted free agent, they don't make, you know, $40 million a year, like Daniel Jones. So, I mean, objectively, if you just look at the numbers, DeVito has been significantly better this year, but the giants had a lot going wrong as well in the beginning of the year. So I, this is another complicated one where I think politics play a, a factor in this money plays a factor in this. Um, they just paid Daniel Jones. I don't think you can just move on from him one year are removed, but. I still think it's worth having the conversation.
1: Yeah, I think first the DeVito situation is just a weird one from the jump. Like I know I read some posts after last game. There was like obviously he struggled against the Saints, right? Right. To be fair, is a high-end defense. It's always a good defense every year. But he struggled against the Saints. I saw some posts saying like, oh, do they bench DeVito for Tyrod, all this stuff. And it's like in the position you're in right now, you're not exactly a playoff hopefuls. No. You you roll you clearly first off you finish the rest of the season with Devito see what you have in him see if you can continue to be a good quarterback just in general obviously you didn't expect much from him as an undrafted player in the first place but he's clearly far surpassed expectations at the very least can be a very solid backup quarterback right. moving forward um so yeah I say let him at least finish out the season see what you have in that quarterback and then moving on to Jones he's made so much or he got that huge contract yeah. Um, and just to be fair to Jones as well, they still haven't – obviously, aside from Saquon, they still haven't got him a high-caliber playmaker. They yeah. got Waller, who's been solid but this been season. He's obviously had injury history. Outside of Waller, um, like I said, he hasn't been incredible, but he's been a solid player. Saquon's obviously great when healthy as well. Right. But outside of that, it's like I can almost think about it like the field situation where what if you get him a high-end receiver, a yeah. high-end receiving threat? Maybe one of those players that the Falcons don't use that they draft in the top 15, top 10. like Get one of those guys in there. See what he can do with a player that's actually a game-breaker, at least a game-changer. Yeah. You have a bunch of average receivers for the most part on the Giants. So I think with the money that Jones is being paid, with the cap it's like issues like you were saying, I think it would be really hard for to find a trade partner for Jones. His value would be so low, and a team would have to take on that huge contract. So I think... What you have to do is let DeVito play out the rest of the season. Probably have them, I guess, at least compete in camp next year. Jones is probably still your quarterback because yeah, just because of the, just money the money you're money paying less. him. And like I said, it would be hard to find a trade partner. But at least have DeVito in there to compete with him. Maybe uh, motivate Jones a little bit. And I think also something that could be overlooked is for years, or at least since Jones has been the quarterback for the Giants, there's been a lot of frustration From the fans, obviously you drafted a guy that maybe a lot of fans didn't have graded so highly. They drafted him super high. He hasn't found a lot of success up until this point. And then you have kind of the opposite situation with DeVito, where he comes in as an undrafted free agent. And he's already far surpassed expectations with limited relationships with the offensive weapons and coaching staff, playbook, etc., whatever it may be. And also, just on a personality basis, exactly. he's a representation yeah. of the Giants. Yeah, he's he's like, a, it's a great story. This Italian dude comes in. The fans already love him yeah. with no expectations of what he can do as a quarterback. He's already shown that he can be a very solid quarterback in this league. Like I said, at least a high-end backup quarterback. And he's already won over the fans. Like The, the fans already like him considerably more than they like Jones, which is a crazy thought considering yeah. you just gave him so much money. Yeah. But I think when you consider the money issue – the trade value of Jones at this point, you have to roll with him for another year. I think you got – whether it's in the draft or in free agency, get him a high-end playmaker. Get him someone that at least sh- can allow him to show whatever potential he might have left. And then, obviously, the injury stuff with Jones has been an issue too. We'll let, probably let him start as the starter next year. Get Please get him a weapon so that yeah. he like actually has a chance. Because the worst thing you can do is get a quarterback – Or get rid of a quarterback, give up on them too early, and then bring in a weapon or have him go to a team where there's weapons and he shows that he can actually still be a good quarterback. So get him a weapon, probably give him another year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the only way he doesn't end up starting for them next year is if a team approaches them. And I don't think they're going to give up a lot of compensation just because, again, he's on the books for so much. But if Atlanta calls him and says, "Here's, here's a third rounder, they might they might take it on a flyer. But I, I, other than that, I just I don't see a world where Daniel Jones isn't the starter week one next year. Maybe he gets benched eventually if they start the year really slow, but, yeah, I, I think it's his job to lose. Uh, for the next segment, we're going to hop into some head coaches that are either recently fired or might be on the hot seat, and I'm going to get Cole's opinions about it. There you go. So for the first team, um, like I mentioned, we're going to be talking about some wildcard teams. How scary do you think – I think this team – is being slept on still. They have a backup quarterback playing, but he's playing at a really high level. They've been there, done that before. They've made it all the way to the big game, didn't win it. But still in recent history, we've seen the Cincinnati Bengals have a lot of success in the playoffs. Um, How dangerous do you think they can be?
1: I mean, I think it's Browning, right, the quarterback? Browning Browning has shown – he's played at an insanely high level for a backup that no one really had any expectations for. I remember he came in that first when Burrow initially got hurt. He came in and obviously struggled a little bit. Uh, filling in that starter position midway through the game. But then through his few starts for the Bengals, he's shown some insane production, high-level accuracy. He's minimized turnovers for the most part, a lot of yards, touchdowns. Um, he's still shown that that offense can – continue to compete at a high level. The defense is still playing pretty well. Obviously, your coaching style is solid. They've done well these past couple of years. I still think the Bengals are a dangerous, uh, maybe dark horse contender in the AFC, or at least maybe not contender for the Super Bowl, but at least a team that can really shake things up. For sure. I agree with that. And
0: I just think, again, I think the experience really plays a big role in this one because their roster is practically the exact same from when they made the Super Bowl. Obviously, there's some turnover, but if anything, they're better. Then when they made it that year, Um, Joe, losing Joe Burrow, huge deal. Don't get me wrong. Jamar Chase dealing with a hip injury right now. He might not even play this weekend. But if they can find a way to sneak into the dance and they get their guys healthy, it could be – they could make some noise for sure. Up next, I've got the Cleveland Browns. I think Cleveland – really has potential just because of how they're built. I don't think it's as much like how their quarterbacks are playing or how dominant one player is or another. Don't get me wrong. They have some dominant players like Miles Garrett. But how they win is most impressive to me. They have a shutdown defense. We obviously know it's one of the top-ranked defenses in the NFL. Really good pass rush. And they're really, really good at running the ball, even despite losing Nick Chubb. Jerome Ford stepped up in a big way. They still have Kareem Hunt doing his thing there. So I just think the way they win football games by playing sound defense and running the football, it's really translatable to January and playoff football in general once it gets colder. Um, I don't think they're going to win their division just because the Ravens are so far ahead right now. But they can go into Baltimore and potentially win that game. They know Baltimore really well. They've got an identity. And Joe Flacco, I mean – say what you will, he's experienced and he's seen a lot of different scenarios. So,
1: Yeah, I think for a team like Cleveland, who's for off just such a weird team, like it's insane. If, it, if at the beginning of the season you had told me that in like mid to late December we have Joe Flacco starting yeah, seriously for the Cleveland Browns and they're actual contenders for a playoff spot, especially if you consider the whole season with Sean's injuries and then DTR starting at a point, PJ Walker. (laughs) They've gone through so many quarterback changes, personnel changes, uh, injuries on offense and defense, and they've still somehow managed to stay in contention for that playoff spot. I completely agree. I think we've discussed in the past how important, especially come playoff football, how important a strong defense, a good O-line, a solid run game can be. Mm -hmm. You lose Nick Chubb but you still have a great O-line, and in turn, you still have backs that can produce. You have, obviously, a super talented defense. And I think one point that you made that is super important is you have an experienced veteran quarterback at the helm now. Obviously, Flacco has had some very high ups and downs in his short time You're in right. Cleveland. He had a great you know, start. Obviously, last game showed some... Uh, Shows some struggles, Definitely. but he still managed to lead them down the field and get them that W. Yeah. Um. But I think if they do manage to sneak into the playoffs, that having that veteran presence is huge. As long as he can play some uh, more mistake-free or at least limit the turnovers on offense and just let the defense do its work, score enough on offense, that can also be another uh, contender to shake things up in the AFC. I think it's also worth mentioning – um there's no like point i
0: mean there's they beat the niners i'm just gonna say that and they beat the niners with pj walker so any given sunday anything can happen again it wasn't a great weather game um backup quarterbacks were playing but my point is you never really know what's going to happen any given sunday and i think you got to take the browns seriously i think
1: especially in these colder months too these bad weather games can really define a team and when you have the best the team that's most built For a bad weather game or a cold weather game, snowing, hailing, rain, whatever it is, the teams, these teams with high powered offenses, maybe, you know, throw the ball down the field, air raid type style play, they're not going to do nearly as well as a team that can really fight on defense, run the ball as much as they want to with success, have a serviceable quarterback in short to medium range situations. I think the Browns are set for Mm -hmm. games like that. And that's why I think they could actually.
0: This is a little off topic, but they're technically a wildcard spot too. It makes what the Bills did against the Cowboys that much more impressive. I percent The fact that Allen, that was a bad weather game. Allen only threw the ball 15 times. They ran the ball 27, I believe it was. Um, and they ended up absolutely whooping ass. So again, I said besides the Bills and my teams that um, could make a lot of noise as from a wildcard spot because I, I don't think anyone's sleeping at the Bills at this point. I think everyone re- fully realizes if the Bills get in, they're probably the scariest wildcard team out of all of them.
1: Definitely. They've always had the potential. They obviously had the Super Bowl expectations coming into the season. There's been a lot of turmoil throughout the season. Um, But regardless, they have the talent on the team. They have a quarterback that can be great when he wants to be or when the uh, players around him allow him to be. So obviously the Bills are a scary team regardless. 100%. Um, And it'll be interesting to see.
0: It's another team that – I think they're finding their identity right now. Obviously, they fired their OC earlier this year. They've been using James Cook a lot more. And defensively, they're really sound. They get to the quarterback quite frequently. Von Miller's been able to stay healthy. Leonard Floyd's doing his thing. So really well-rounded team. And again, I don't think it's worth talking about too much because I think everyone fully respects the Bills and realizes they're really dangerous. Two teams in the NFC, both out of the NFC West. Um, I, I wanted to have two AFC teams and just have two NFC teams, even though I think the NFC is far weaker, and I don't think these teams will make as much noise. I still think it's worth mentioning. The first one's the Rams, the next one's the Seahawks. We can start with the Rams. Um, I mentioned the Rams here because it feels like they're getting right at the right time. The fact that they were, I, I, as an example of what I'm trying to explain here, going into Baltimore and nearly winning that game, sending it to OT, obviously they didn't end up getting the W, but this is another team, I mentioned it with the Browns, that they just win the right way. Kyron Williams has been super effective along the ground. Uh, We obviously know what Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup can do. And then Stafford's been there, done that, won a Super Bowl before. Aaron Donald's still doing his thing along the defensive line. I have some questions about their back end, but I really like their defensive line. A lot of good young pieces. And I still don't think that this is a team that should be taken lightly. I still think this is a team that can make some serious noise. And again, the NFC is really weak. So if they end up finding themselves in the fifth or sixth seed, you know, they might be playing a team like <clears throat> Tampa Bay or uh who who's who would be the three seed in the NFC? I'm trying to think. It wouldn't be Dallas, it wouldn't be the Eagles.
1: Either way, I still think they can make some noise. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, just looking at the players or the pieces that they have on offense, like you said, Stafford's been there, done that, won a Super Bowl, has been a high level quarterback for years. Um, and then, yeah, you, you saw what Puka could do. Especially as a wide receiver, one at the beginning of the season when he got the opportunity. He can step up whenever you need him to, and he's still been great with Cup returning. We all know who Cup is. We all know that Cup, at his best, is a top three, top five at least, receiver in the league. If he's healthy, Kyron has really come onto the scene. There's just so many pieces on the offense that can't perform. Like, even, even a two Atwa, mm-hmm. when he was playing as that wide receiver too earlier this season, still showed a lot of production. There's a lot of guys that can produce on offense and can produce at an elite level. And then there's obviously a few question marks on the defense, but you still have Donald uh, on that D-line. Yeah. You still have a lot of talent there. Um, and with a great coach, under McVeigh, I do think that is still – maybe not to the level of – we're not saying that like they're Browns the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying like, they're not obviously – not a team that you could necessarily equate to like truly competing with maybe the Niners or the Cowboys or whatever it might be. But just like the AFC teams, you, you get them in there against a lower tier NFC team. And like you said, they still were able to compete against the Ravens. They still can show that if they're performing at their highest level, they have a chance against most right. teams and that they, they could really shake things up. Yeah. Uh, come the, playoffs. the last
0: one here, the Seahawks. Obviously we just saw the Seahawks beat the Eagles. Biggest game of their, of their year, easily. Uh, Drew Locke leading them in the final moments. DK Metcalf torched James Bradbury like th- three times in a row. I don't know if you watched the end of that game, but it was crazy. Um, either way, the Seattle Seahawks, I just really like the, this team in general. I just love a lot of their players. If you guys follow me throughout the draft process, you know Devon Witherspoon was probably like my favorite player in the draft last year. Loved Kenneth Walker the year he was coming out. So I think part of me is just kind of rooting for this team right now, and I hope they make it. Um, simply because they obviously slipped behind a little bit, had a really, really rough bit in their schedule there um, between you know playing Dallas and then obviously Philly coming into town, beating Philly in an absolute must-have-it game. Uh, they've set themselves up nicely to potentially make a run for the playoffs again. Now they have Tennessee coming up. If they win that game, their odds shoot up from like something like 33% to make the playoffs to like 70 some, somewhere around that. Either way, um, Pete Carroll, another guy that's been there, done that always rooting for Geno Smith. I just love that story. I love a lot of their young pieces. And I, I don't think, you know, they're not going to win the division. It's obviously far and gone. The San Francisco 49ers have that under wraps. But this is a team that they've proven they can go on the road. They can compete. You know, we saw it a couple weeks ago playing against Dallas. Uh, they were really, really competitive in that game. And if Geno Smith can get back to being healthy, because obviously Drew Locke ended up getting it done. Against the Eagles, I still don't think you want him to be the guy, you know, long-term going forward. But I still think this team can make a lot of noise, and I, I, I wouldn't count them out.
1: Yeah, I, I believe – well, first off, I have a question for you because I'm not sure. I saw that some article saying Gino was healthy enough to play or something last game, but they ended up just rolling with Locke as a starter. I'm, I, I didn't really look into it, so I can't I speak did. on
0: I, – No, I, I didn't know that.
1: I Once again, it was like a headline I saw, so I'm not sure – i didn't read into it too much um i'm sure if that was the case uh i'm assuming it would be a thing where he wasn't completely healthy yeah must we be. don't want to force him or rush him back obviously re- credit
0: to them it worked
1: exactly and yeah. regardless i think Locke showed that he has a lot of potential he's still a younger player prone to make some mistakes but he, he has a lot of potential a lot of arms talent you know showed why he was a relatively high drafted quarterback got some swag I like, got some swag for sure um i think in a lot of ways they're still comparable to the rams where you have a lot of talent on offense, um, a great head coach, when you have uh, the receiving core at its best is pretty crazy. You have DK who's shown he's still that guy. He's still an amazing receiver. Lockett continues every year. As he gets older, he still continues to be a high-level player. And then JSN has shown so much – just potential in production as and a rookie. for that to be
0: your third option is just
1: exactly. ridiculous. And then along with Kenneth Walker, <clears throat> who's for the most part, you know, knocking wood, stayed healthy. Right. He's been a great running back for them. Um, they just have a lot of talent on offense. And much like the Rams, there's still good, uh, really good uh, pieces on defense. There's still a lot of holes on defense. But they've shown that they can step up in crucial situations. They've shown they can make plays when necessary. Still a lot of question marks. You obviously want a more secure defense in the playoffs. But I said the last few times, they still have the potential to upset any team for the most part any given Sunday. Yeah. And I think it'll be interesting to see how the rest of their season plays out. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's move on. I'm just going
0: to keep the recording going because that section was actually 13 minutes. I'll pause this really quick. We're going to talk about some Super Bowl picks and then MVP picks, and then we'll get into trivia. All right, so next up we're going to be talking about our Super Bowl picks. My Super Bowl pick, as of this moment, and this is subject to change. Niners versus Ravens.
1: What yeah, thoughts? I mean, first, I, I think for sure Niners. If yeah. obviously if it's they can big, if they can be. stay healthy, that's yeah. the stipulation. Um, I think losing Debo for those few games really, really struggled. It shows how good of a player, how important he is for that offense. One hundred percent. But I think they're the only team. That has really just dis- like they've they've dominated those top other NFC teams really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they killed the Cowboys. Yeah, they beat the Eng- Eagles uh, very convincingly. They, they've shown what at their best, what they can be, which is a very dominant football team, especially in the NFC. Um, I would agree that at this point in the AFC, the Ravens do look like the front runner, but I'm not nearly as confident I agree. in them. Yeah. AFC is much deeper, 100. percent And also, they've they've played so many teams in close games. I immediately think, like you were saying Browns earlier. Yeah. Um, I, I was at that Chargers game where the Chargers weren't completely healthy, weren't firing on all cylinders, but you still play them. I think they only scored like 13, or I guess they got a last-second touchdown, but they did not score. Their offense did not look too impressive against that Chargers defense who has struggled the entire year. Yeah. Um, they put a lot of mediocre teams close, and what I want to see in a true Super Bowl favorite is convincing wins over actually good teams. That's fair. The thing is, they've shown, like, on the other hand, at their best, they can be, even without Andrews, still an elite offense. Yeah. That defense is one of, if not the best the in the best, league still. Yeah. Easily top-five defense. Easily. Um, when you look at the other top AFC contenders, you really can't say that for too many other teams. I agree. You obviously have – the Chiefs are always in the conversation regardless. Right. Can't you, have, count them out. you have Mahomes, you have Reed. The defense looks a lot better. You can never count them out. Um, but, yeah, I think just the AFC is so much deeper. Yeah, I agree. I I, I would say at this moment in time, I'll still have – I would agree with you, Niners-Ravens, but I'm much more concerned about the AFC. Yeah, I agree. I just think there's – the Ravens, it's harder – I feel like, at least for
0: me, it's harder to pick them apart versus you can go down Every single team in the AFC, I genuinely think the scariest team besides the Ravens at this given moment, and this is again subject to change. But I think it's the Bills, just with how they're playing and with how well-rounded this team is. Be especially James Cook really coming on and taking over for the run game. But other than that, I mean the Dolphins. We know they haven't beaten a team above five hundred. The Chiefs, they don't have any wide receivers that are really consistent right now. Rasheed Rice has been kind of on the the upswing, but still hasn't really seen enough. Even Travis Kelsey doesn't quite look like himself this year. Another drop in the end zone last mm-hmm. week. So I think there's ways you can pick apart almost every single AFC team, but I think you can't do that as easily with the Ravens, and it really helps that they're going to have that first-round bye. Um, that's huge for me, playing all the games that they have in the playoffs at home potentially. Um, You know, if they do make it the Mm -hmm. distance. And then obviously an extra week of rest. I think that's going to be the difference here. And I do think they hold true and stay with the number one, or sorry, with the number one seed. Um, And again, when you flip it to the Niners' point of view, it's the same argument. It's It's the Niners, you really can't pick anything apart from this team. They really do everything very well. And they're more than likely going to finish with the number one overall seed. And you can't say that about the other nfc teams i mean the eagles clearly they don't look like themselves right now obviously jalen hurts was dealing with a little bit of an illness last week but even before that i mean just some bad losses um mixed in there between the niners and the cowboys and then the cowboys you know i think people wanted to say that they should be the favorites in the nfc east and they should be the second best team in the nfc behind the 49ers but then they dropped a goose egg in buffalo so I really just think the Niners and the Ravens are the easiest to argue for. I would agree. Yeah. So let's move on to our MVP picks. Actually, one more question i got for you. Do you think the Cowboys or the Eagles are the second best team in the NFC?
1: Oh, like choose between them? Yeah. Man, that is tough. I I feel like – I don't know. I've never been too much on – I want to believe that the Eagles are better, but it's just – especially in this recent sample size. They've lost. Yeah, it's been a rough slide. I mean, obviously, you can look at that game against Dallas, and I think Dallas has kind of been coming into their own recently. I think as of right now, Dallas looks better, but I just never want to count out the Eagles. I agree. All that depth on defense and obviously the pieces that they have on offense, Swift is still great as a back. Um, I can never count the Eagles out. I still think they have a lot of talent, but at the same time, I think Dallas, as of late, you know, in these past couple games, uh, has looked better. So I'd say Dallas with the uh, with Philadelphia coming in as like a close third, and okay, then there's there's a that's, huge drop off. after I that. I think
0: it's like definitely fair to have the argument, and I totally understand both sides. Like the Cowboys obviously just kicked the shit out of the Eagles not long ago, but I just want to say the Eagles purely based off pedigree. I might be crazy for that, but. That's just where I, my my mind takes uh, me.
1: I will also note. Um, I think come to playoffs times, uh, the coaching is a huge factor. Yeah, and I know that McCarthy has more experience, but I still like Sirianni's been to the Super role recently. Right. Obviously, he's shown a lot of potential as a coach. So I've never been a huge fan of McCarthy. Um, so I think they might have a slight edge of coaching as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're very they're very close uh, comparable teams. So.
0: And then, honestly, we don't really have to talk about MVP picks. It's kind of a boring year for MVP. It's kind of an average year. Purdy is, like, by far and away the favorite to win now. He's minus 200. Is he actually? Yeah. That's insane. Insane. Like, it's I, love like it. I mean, I love it, but that's it's crazy. not even close. Like, he is wow. by far away the favorite. Um, he's second in the league in passing yards, first in passing touchdowns, Jeez. first in passer rating. You know what's crazy about all that? Mm-hmm. He's a last in completions. Like dead last. Oh, like damn so like just, he, just
1: big plays. It's
0: he's he's averaging 9.9 yards per attempt. Yeah. It's wow. like unheard of numbers. A lot of that credit has to be given to Kyle Shanahan and the weapons and around the
1: insane him. cost that he has on offense. Exactly. Yeah,
0: um and then I think McCaffrey's the second favorited. And then behind that, you got guys like Lamar, Tyreek Hill. Um, I just don't think those guys are gonna have the numbers. I don't think they're gonna want to give it to a receiver. If the Dolphins find a way to sneak in and steal the number one seed, maybe Tyreek's name, you know, gets brought up again and then he becomes a front runner for MVP, but either way, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I was going to make a whole segment out of it, but honestly, it's just it's it's feeling like it's going to be pretty and then everybody else is way behind him. So, we're going to finish up this episode. I'm going to give you a trivia question. I only have one today. I'm sorry you came a little earlier than I thought. I was only able to get one. So, the question I have for you, what five quarterbacks led the league in passing yards in the 2010s?
1: The 2010s, yeah, so 2010 through 19, or I guess yes. 20. okay. Uh, you kind of gave me a little hint earlier, you said Chargers player, I think. I did. So that we got Rivers, Rivers, Rivers is number
0: Larry? three. God damn it. Uh, Brady, Brady's number four. Big Ben, Big Ben's not up there. Damn,
1: damn. God, I might have to mull this one over. Oh, Rodgers, no, nope. damn, really? Yeah. Wait, you said passing yards, right? Yeah, hmm. Ah, uh, there's some like I Do think more, there's, gonna be, there's gonna be some weird ones. You might if, have to give me a if little you, hint. If
0: you ask me questions, I'll say yes or no, but I'm
1: not gonna give you hints. Like, are there any uh, A.F.C. North? Mm, no, no. They're all the rest are all
0: N.F.C. I guess I gave you a hint.
1: Yeah, wait, I already got. Who are <laughs> the ones I already got? I got
0: Rivers. You got Rivers and Brady. Rivers and Brady. That's three and four.
1: All right, wait. There's gonna be some radio silence for a second. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to actually mull this one over. <coughs> Sorry about my fucking cough, by the way. So it's just not the Bears. Oh, Ma- uh, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's
0: number five. Let's go. Um two more guys, both NFC, both recently retired. Both recently retired. I feel like number one should be pretty obvious.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know why I'm like honest. It's the high pressure stakes in the situation. <laughs> number one, right, NFC. NFC. I'm thinking through divisions right now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk my way through it. Um yeah, do it. They played in the same division. Is it would you give me if I said it is it the uh Dude. Oh, oh, ooh. Is, um... Wait, is Russell Wilson one of them? No. Damn it. A I don't singer. even know if he's, like, top 10. You don't think he's top 10 largely on the CLX for... Wait, wait. If he's not top 10, that's me bad. Yeah, hold on, hold
0: on. Keep, keep talking your way through it. I'm going to pull up the stats.
1: Can I throw names at you? Yeah, do it. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Fla- Actually, no, he was using... Was that was, that was, I swear that was a joke. Uh, Flacco. Flacco. Flacco's number. Tell me he's top
0: ten. He's eight. That's not that bad. That's kind of a deep cut. Um. Nine. Same shit. Russ is 11. Russ. Okay, that's and that's still not a horrible guess. Dude, you know what's crazy? Is Andy Dalton has more passing yards
1: than Russ? Than in Russ? 20, and the town yeah. Yeah, shout out Andy Dalton. Um. Yeah, I'm like blanking on. There's is is it a I don't know, I haven't gotten number one yet. Yeah, I don't know how you haven't gotten number one yet either. <laughs> I just immediately thought Brady would fill that spot in. Where's Big Ben out on the list? Big Ben's He's gotta be up there somewhere. Right? Nine. Okay. Or eight. Eight, yeah. And so if you had a top ten list, that would have been decent.
0: Yeah, you basically like said everyone but like one or two.
1: Um, oh, 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 um Drew Brees. There we go, number one. Yeah. Okay. I had to think through divisions a little bit. Is Matt Ryan on there? Matt Ryan's number two. Let's go. Let's go. You got all of them. Yeah, you got all of them. Yeah. I just had wanna, to think. I had to think
0: NFC South. You want to try and finish out because you've listed everyone in the top ten except for one. Do you want to try and
1: get the last Can guy? I get a division or a conference NFC again. Yeah, NFC. NFC again. Uh, played that, for, played for the same team his whole career. Oh, he did. Down. Um, first, side, <laughs> Wait, wait. This is obviously not my answer, but where's Cam Newton out of this list? Cam Newton's, like, actually pretty up there. He's number 12. Okay, I knew he'd be a surprising... Damn, same team his whole career. Already got Ryan and Breeze. Um, no one on the bugs. No. Not Bears. Nope, already definitely got, not. Already Bears. got Lions.
0: Jay Cutler's, like, 25 or something. Damn. All <clears right. throat> I already guessed Rodgers earlier. Yeah, Rodgers is just out. He's um, number seven. Hmm. This guy's played – he has 38,000 yards. He's played 147 games in that decade.
1: He played 147 games. Um, Washington – not Washington. Alex Smith. Where's that – do we already talk about this? Where's Alex Smith at? Is he on that list at all? He is on this list. He's. I think he was a starter for a minute. He's number fifteen,
0: behind Carson Palmer and Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Fitzpatrick's on there too. Yeah, he's number thirteen. That's pretty fire. Um, you know, get, honestly, at this point, you just want to give me a division. I can work there quick. NFC East. NFC East. Yeah. Tenured forever. It's not not Romo, right? No. What, dude? Romo
0: didn't really – he didn't play enough in the 20s. He retired too early. Oh, dude, Jesus Christ. It's Eli Manning. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. That's – I'm still still proud I got, got
1: like, top 10, (laughs) eventually.
0: All right, bro. That's going to do it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks for coming on, Cole. Always appreciate it. No problem, dude. Let's get it.